In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Sunday morning edition of the Pack a Day podcast, the only place you can get Packers coverage three hundred sixty-five days a year, seven days a week. Uh, my name is Tyler Grezegorek. I am joined by Gage Bridgeford. And no, this is not the Game on Fantasy podcast. As I already said, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast. So we are uh, switching sides today, going to Pack-A-Day, uh, and we are going to be able to give you your content for the Packers and Bears preview. Uh, if you're listening to this, make sure you're tuning into the live stream also. This is on Sunday mornings. So if you're listening to this early in the morning, you have time to get over there. But that is the only shameless plug I will do today. Gage, how you doing? I am doing well, man. Uh, it was I. I worked Thursday and Friday, unlike the majority of Americans, it seems. So I've uh, so I was pretty tired. Got a couple of naps and got to uh, enjoy some Turkey Day food. Um, enjoyed the leftovers from that. Tyler, I know you said you have your Friendsgiving going tonight. It was your uh, it was your Thanksgiving. Everything you hoped it would be. It was. It was. We had a couple of really close friends over, and we just hung out and had a couple of drinks, watched a couple of movies, uh, watched some football earlier in the day. Uh, was pretty relaxing overall. I we were talking offline. I've been moving a lot, as I've mentioned a few times, and so that was like my uh, final day with the old apartment. So we had to get that squared away, and so after that, we were able to relax. And, uh, and then Friday, we didn't do anything. So uh, today, now today, Saturday, it's uh, back to kind of getting the new house squared away, and then we have a Thanksgiving tonight. So uh, we're excited for that, and I get to finally eat all my Thanksgiving food, which I've been waiting for. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I know that Thanksgiving food is it, it's my fridge is stocked of it right now, so that's probably what I'll be eating for the next two or three days. Yeah, we we had tacos on Thursday, so <laughs> that's Thanksgiving traditions right there. You know what, Arizona, it makes sense. You guys would would eat tacos on Thanksgiving. Hey, I'll fight somebody over some good tacos, but uh, we'll, we'll save our food takes for another day. We'll save it for the offseason. Probably, I know we have a we probably could fill an entire show with with that stuff. So, uh, but we're here to talk Packers and Bears. Obviously, it's a big game. Uh, I was on the game on fan, uh, game on Wisconsin Friday Night Lights stream last night, talking with Adam Westendorf about this game uh, and. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky was a big topic there. Uh, he's taking over for Nick Foles this week. Uh, so why don't we kind of start there? Uh, what are some of the things that you'd expect to see Mitch Trubisky do differently that Nick Foles didn't do? And how is that going to cause the Packers to have to prepare differently for this Bears offense? Uh, Trubisky can move. That, that's That's been the entire, like I've been talking about it all year. Uh, Trubisky can move outside of the pocket. He's not a stationary quarterback like Nick Foles is like I'm pretty sure that I could run a faster 40 yard dash than Nick Foles at both of our respective stages in life right now Uh, Trubisky can break contain and get out and hurt you in that way and Green Bay has had troubles with contain this year they've had they've not been gashed by a running quarterback because they haven't really faced like a Lamar Jackson or a Cam Newton or one of those types but 
that Deshaun Watson was able to move the ball on him. It was able to move the ball a little bit on the ground and you had, you can't let those guys do that. And Trubisky, while his arm struggles are noted, if you let him get out on the move and take advantage of you on the run, then you then have to force the rest of your defense to play passive. And then he might, which might open up windows for him to fit the ball into. Absolutely. The movement and the ability to move is the key concern with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, that is something that he was doing really well uh, early on in his career, him going into year four. So the first couple of years, that's something he was doing really well. The Bears did a good job of getting him on the move, and that's where he was able to be serviceable as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, where he has struggled is all the other parts of being a quarterback, uh, being consistent with throwing the football, making the correct reads, making reads quickly, diagnosing the defense, period. Uh, that is overall where Mitch Trubisky has struggled. And so I feel like we've had this conversation a lot. I mean, I know I have, at, at minimum, I've, I've had this conversation with many people, and I've had it many times. The Packers are going against a subpar quarterback. You expect them to be able to generate pressure, uh, or it, it not even not even to be able to, but to kind of send pressure at Mitch Trubisky, really make this Bears team beat you on offense with the quarterback position. And the, that's something we talked about with Drew Brees when they played the Saints. We talked about it with Phillip Rivers. Uh, and this is something that the Packers have relatively struggled with. Now, taking a brief flashback to that Colts game, Packers probably should have won that game. And I'm not even going to put it on the defense last week because I don't believe that the defense did made made that many mistakes. There were a couple of really bad, glaring mistakes. And also, the Colts bailed them out a ton of times in that final drive with the holding penalties. But overall, the offense put the defense in bad positions. And the defense did what it could and what it needed to do to keep the Packers in the game. And that's really all you need this defense to do. However, this is a game... This Sunday night against the Bears, where I expect the defense to take a step forward and really become an impactful part of this game. Absolutely. This is the perfect type of matchup, and we talk about it every – it seems like every week when – like this year, because they haven't faced a ton of elite quarterbacks. Like they're, they've avoided the Mahomes, the Kyler Murrays, the Russell Wilsons, that type of guy. You – when you have a good matchup like this, you have to take advantage of it. Good teams, like the best teams take down good teams. Like the Bears are a good team because their defense is one of the best in football this season. But that offense is a glaring weakness, and you have the pieces on the defensive side of the ball to take advantage of that. You have the pass rushers to take advantage of a bad offensive line. There should be no excuse. Trubisky, if he's not getting the ball out in less than two seconds, he should be getting hit on a relatively high frequency of his plays because – you have the defensive line to do that. You have the corners on the, on the back end to match up. Uh, I saw the stat that was tweeted out from uh, PFF, the PFF Packers account that Green Bay in man coverage has the second-best rating among all teams this year. In zone coverage, 28th. You have the guys to stick with these Bears receivers. I love Allen Robinson. Tyler, I know you're a fan of Allen Robinson as well. One of the more underrated receivers in football. I know everybody in the Packers Twitter sphere loves to say, well, he could have had a good quarterback if he had come to Green Bay in free agency. Shut up. Just appreciate the good talent player that he is. Yes, he could have come to Green Bay and he didn't. Oh, well, move on. He's a great player. Darnell Mooney's good. Anthony Miller's good. But when Trubisky's the quarterback throwing the ball, you don't have to fear them as much. Jair can match up with A-Rob, then Kevin King, Josh Jackson, whoever else you have can match up with the other guys. Shut down the passing game. They can't. Bears can't run the ball because their offensive line is terrible. The defense should look like the best defense in football this week. 
this game should be a battle uh, when it gets done and you see the two defenses just light it up. You're like, man, the Packers and Bears have two of the best defenses in football. But no, really, the Packers just have a defense that knows how to take advantage of a great matchup like they have this week. Whether or not Mike Patton makes sure the game plan goes that way, that's a different story. I mean, Mike Patton should have his full complement of weapons, and let's use that to segue into the injury report for both sides here. Uh, it looks like most of the Packers are going to play. The ones you're keeping an eye on right now are Tyler Irvin, Josh Jackson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Corey Lindsley. Uh, it looks like everybody else should play, including Kevin King. I would I would assume he's going to play as well. Yeah, he played last week with the injury, and unless he aggravated it further, uh, I don't see why he wouldn't play this week. Uh, he's been limited in practice uh, the last two days. He did not practice on Wednesday, but the uh, I no, don't he believe he practiced on Wednesday. It was the injury popped up on Thursday. My fault. You're right. Sorry. Uh, no problem. The the Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, if both of them miss, you could be experiencing some issues there. But I don't know if there's a corner. I mean, Kyle Fuller is a good corner, but he's not going to travel with Devontae Adams. So, you know, Devontae Adams should still be able to get his own in this game. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I've talked about this at length. I mean, he's obviously very hot and cold, but he's very important for this offense. Uh, and, that, and I'm not talking about production-wise, just what they want to do, the way they want to open things up. He's very important for this offense, so if he misses, I'll be, we'll be looking for somebody to take that role of the vertical threat, which is something they've been looking for for a long time, and Marcos Valdez-Scantling has been able to relatively fill that role. Now, uh, there's been a couple names coming up uh, as late-season additions. Kenny Stills and Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin would be Tyler Irvin plus, in my opinion. Uh, and then you have uh, Kenny Stills, who, if you can add a veteran player of that caliber to your wide receiver room, I don't care how deep or how thin you are at the position, I think you have to take advantage of it. He's still a quality player. He's had some injuries, uh, injury history over the past couple years, but he's still a quality player. He can still add value to your team as you make a playoff push. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. A cool stat about Marquez Valdez-Scanling that I found out, I believe it was yesterday. He actually leads the NFL in yards per reception this year, 20.7 yards per reception. That's uh, about a, a little over a yard. And a half. That's nearly two yards greater than Justin Jefferson, who's in second. Uh, well, DJ Moore's tied for second as well. But So MBS, for all of the issues that he has had this year, the inconsistencies he's had, 
when he gets when he gets the ball and makes and when he catches the ball, he's making plays with it. He's making plays down the field. That's kind of buoyed by deep receptions in the Colts game last week, the 49ers game earlier this year, just different games like that. He, but right, like you said, he t- takes the top off of this defense. And when you go up against a defense like the Bears that has Eddie Jackson, who in my opinion is one of the probably three best safeties in football, it might be the best center field safety in football. Like I don't, I just I don't know if there's a center field safety that does it the way that he does right now um i love i just love his game and i can see you thinking about it you're trying to turn the gears in your head about it there might be another one there uh but again that's a topic for a different day the injury that most concerns me is lindsley he was a limited participant practice wednesday thursday friday i think he's going to play but if he doesn't that can cause serious issues because snapping is already that's that's a chemistry thing that you really have to build up over time uh Elton Jenkins was a great fill-in last week, but against Akeem Hicks and other and other guys like that, or well, Akeem Hicks is actually questionable to play. He's he probably not going to play, but we'll get but to yeah, that in he, a second. I see that he, he didn't practice in, at all this week, which helps. But if you're if your starting center, who is a Pro Bowl caliber center, is missing, that can cause serious issues against an elite defensive front like the ones that the Bears have. So that's the injury that most concerns me because I've what I've noticed this year with the Green Bay offense is. They're really outside of the Tyler Urban role. It doesn't really matter who they plug in there. They're getting finding ways to get production. I, that's the whole thing yesterday that when the Will when or on Thursday when Will Fuller was just going off, everyone's like, "Really, Will Fuller wasn't worth the second to you?" Will Fuller was probably was worth the second from the production that he gives you when he's on the field. But for an eight game sample, and then you look at the Packers' offense when they're doesn't matter who they're plugging in there, Darius Shepard or Al Mazard, MBS, EQ. Uh, Malik Taylor, just all of the different guys they put in this year, they're getting production out of all of them because of the way the scheme is set up. This isn't like the the scheme under Mike McCarthy where you had to have your guys in order for production to happen. LaFleur, when he doesn't overthink it, he's just getting production out of everybody. Like He gets everybody on this roster to produce for him. So I think that Injuries don't concern me a ton on the offense just because of the way the system is set up. Other than the Tyler Urban one, that one concerns me, but that's more from a special teams perspective than anything else. Which is another reason why you should bring in Taylon Austin. He has experience there, and they've been looking for some consistency at that position. Uh, the other thing about Tyler Irvin and what he does for this offense, he too opens things up. And, you know, I know that you and I talk about fantasy a lot, but there's a lot of football things that you can do with guys like Marquez Valdez Scantling and Tyler Irvin. You know, the, the, we saw it very early in the season with Tyler Irvin, just getting him in motion, getting that second level of, of the defenses moving before the snap. That way they're out of position, so you can open things up for other guys. That's what these guys do. It's LaFleur's offense is complicated, but it's not. You just need to be able to decipher, and that's the hard part. That's where it becomes complicated. But in the back end of it, it's actually pretty simple. So the the guys like this, Marcos Valdez, Scantling, Tyler Irvin, they become critical to that scheme and what Matt LaFleur wants to do. But let's move into the Bears uh, injury report. As we talked about already, uh, Nick Foles is not going to play. Uh, Akeem Hicks probably not going to play has not practiced all week with a with a hamstring injury but he's officially questionable uh other significant injuries charles leonard charles leno jr excuse me a late dude not practice thursday was his first day of not practicing he's not questionable for the game i would not expect him to play uh the the fact is that the bears offensive line is pretty beat up right now uh in general that and even though it was beat up they didn't have a lot of talent there to begin with, unfortunately. So the 
Bears offensive line should be an area of this game where the Packers should be able to attack. Absolutely, they should. Uh, with MB, or with uh, Zadarius and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, who has really come on strong the last few weeks, in that Colts game, I think that the argument can be made he was the he was Green Bay's best pass rusher. Would you would you agree with that statement? I, like Kenny Clark had a great game, but Rashawn I, Gary off the edge was just... I think there's been more than one occasion where he's been the best, best pass rusher for Green Bay, but yes. I'm just looking at like most recent game. Yes, he's there's been multiple games this year where he's been like uh, down the stretch of the the Jacksonville game. He was just I, he was in Jake Luton's lap every single play. Here's the thing about Rayshon Gary, and this is why I'm so excited for him. You know, I I will be the first to admit when they selected him with that 12th overall pick, I was I was mad because I was like, man, we do not need a developmental player. But you could see the thought process there with Gutekunst, which was. Take him, have Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, bring him along slowly. Hopefully by year three, he can take the reins and become a starter in this defense. And he's well on track to do that. The The improvement from last year to this year has been incredibly noticeable. And then you take in the fact that he's playing at a high level now. He just has to clean up some of the inconsistencies in this pass rush. And he'll become, he'll become really good. He's out of the three of them. I think he's the best run defender right now. Which is kind of crazy because the other two are, are really are Preston Smith has had a down year, but he's still a good player. Uh, Zadarius Smith, for some reason, hates defending the run. He likes to just get upfield right away. He doesn't like to set the edge. Rayshon Gary's done a good job of setting the edge and really kind of keep containing the run to the outside uh, when he's in there. And I think this is the week where we start to see Rayshon Gary get more snaps than Preston Smith. So I the the team is starting to notice. The league is starting to notice. Rayshon Gary is going to start becoming a, a much more prominent name when we start talking about game plans uh, as if he hasn't been already he's already been a guy that we focused on a lot because of the improvement from year one to year two but if once he starts to clean up those inconsistencies in his game he's going to be he's going to be a problem for opposing offenses yeah he absolutely is and I mean Rayshon Gary is going to get more snaps to edge rusher because we know Preston Smith's going to line up a quarter at some point or another during this game so for those that can't, obviously you guys can't see Tyler shook his head uh, but he just knows that that's a true fact because it seems like every game this season we see Preston line up out wide, and it's just, why are we doing that? Like on the Trey Burton touchdown against the Colts, why was that your game plan? I started playing why? a drinking game when Preston Smith gets lined up out of position. you got to take a drink. So Yeah, that's, oh, man. Ooh, it's not boy. good. The, game, the games are long. Because if you're drinking alcohol, <laughs> boy, you are going to the hospital with some poisoning, man. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, it's just Rayshon Gary could can really eat in this game. And I think that this is a game where you just put I, – I want LaFleur to go to Pet and just say, hey, let's not overthink it this week. Let's just do what works. Put our stars on the field. Put our studs on the field and let them make plays. Gary can make plays. He can – run with Trubisky, he can chase him down from behind when Trubisky might be able to escape from a guy like Preston Smith or Zedarius or Kenny Clark. Gary's going to get him because Gary, for everybody that doesn't like him and for all the great things that Brian Burns is doing in Carolina and all the good things Nick Bosa did last year, Gary is a really talented edge rusher and just a really talented pass rusher in general. Just let That's where Penn does well is he just schemes up pressure very well. He doesn't necessarily need to bring blitzes. The pressure hasn't necessarily been there this year, but that's because quarterbacks have been getting the ball out quick. When the court coverage is able to force them to hold the ball by playing man coverage because they have man cover corners, then the pass rush gets home and can force, it, can force the issue and can force mistakes. And against a guy like Trubisky, he's going to make mistakes whether you force him to or not. So just if the coverage can just stick there and just the pass rush can get after him, 
I think that the defense can have a really big day. It might be, from a fantasy perspective, one of the best defenses on the week. If they can, because I think that they'll, they'll force, force turnovers, definitely get sacks, and maybe get home with a score or two. You know what? I think that the defense is going to have to be impactful for the Packers to win this game. When I talked about this game last night, I said, offense for the Packers, defense for the Bears, that's a wash. It's going to be it. It's going to be a good matchup. I think the Packers' offense is slightly better than the Bears' defense, but that's not even saying in any way that, you know, there's an advantage there. Uh, so it's really going to come down to the Packers' defense versus the Bears' offense, and I think there's a significant advantage to the Packers' defense over the Bears' offense, and they're going to have to make plays, and if they can't, I don't think the Packers are going to win this game because I don't think that the Packers can be able to do enough on offense to keep this team in the game. Packers, are, the defense is going to have to do uh, what it does, uh, what it does, what it what it did best last year, I guess, is what I was trying to say, and which is bail this team out. And, and they're going to have to do that again this week. Uh, the the Bears are currently nine and a half point underdogs in this game. I'm taking that line all day long. Uh, Packers are favored by nine and a half at a over under of 44 points. I think that under hits in this game. I don't think there's a ton of points. And like I said, I don't think the offense for the Packers is able to do able to do a ton. Uh, I don't know if the Bears offense is able to do much, if anything at all. Honestly, I'm not a big believer in Trubisky, but he's been sitting for a while now. Maybe he's got, maybe he's got that fire under him that he needs to go out there and make some plays because there have been flashes of the talent that made him a top 10 pick, top 5 pick. So... It, the, the game itself, the weather shouldn't be too big of a factor. Both these teams are big, are used to the cold. They're used to playing outside. Uh, I don't. I think it's a pretty even playing field across the board, and we get to see what these two teams have to offer. But this is a borderline must-win for this Packers team. If they lose to this Bears team, that puts the Bears right back in the NFC North race with the Vikings coming up hot, uh, which actually they're too hot and cold. I don't know if they're going to be able to make an impact in the division, but... They're still lingering, uh, but if the if the Packers drop this game to the Bears, there's only one game between them with only a handful of games to go. This is a must-win for the Packers, and uh, I, I want to see them come out with the energy that they've been lacking at times. Uh, Matt LaFleur has talked about it. Rodgers has talked about it. Uh, they were both happy with the energy last week. Uh, I think that last week was a really unfortunate—I don't want to call it fluky game, but it was— you know, we can't put too much stock into it because I think the Packers were the better team. It was a good game. They unfortunately lost because the Colts are opportunistic. The Colts did what they do best, and the Packers ultimately ended up losing because they turned the ball over four times. I don't think they turned the ball over four times. I think there could be a couple turnovers, but honestly, the the Packers offense is just can't make mistakes like it did last week, and I think they'll be fine. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, Fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching football yeah when i uh talked about this game like i talked i i wrote about or i did like a quick thread on twitter kind of like my immediate afterthoughts and this game that game gave me a lot of vibes of what we saw against tampa earlier this year in the tampa loss like you said the tampa loss we said was a little bit fluky i think that last week was fluky as well but from a different standpoint again green bay had to have a historically bad game turning over the football good teams don't turn the ball over four times bad teams do that green bay is a good team 
they always take care of the ball. There was the Aaron Rodgers interception by Rocky Seen, which was a great play by him. But then you had Derry Shepard fumble on a kickoff. You had the Marcos Valdez scaling fumble to basically end the game. And you had the uh, what was the other fumble? Uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. You had the yes. Devontae Adams one where he gets caught switching the ball and it fumbles. This just doesn't happen. This this team doesn't turn the ball over, and you had to have them historically bad, like to have three turn four turnovers in their inside their own what like forty yard line, and then the defense came away with forced a field goal on I believe all th- or three out of four possessions there or all four. That doesn't happen. This defense doesn't always shut it down that way, and they did. They're showing the signs of life that you need, and then everyone's like, oh, well, down at the end of the game, they couldn't get a stop. Well, when you've been on the, on the field for nearly 40 minutes, that's what's going to happen. You're go- that's These things are going to happen. The offense needs to take care of the ball, and against this Bears defense, that's going to be tough because the Bears defense is, like I said, probably one of the five best in football this year, probably top three in my opinion. They're, they're great I think defense. the Colts are the best defense right now. I think the Bears are right behind them. I think that's where they are, uh, and the Rams are up there too. But the, these the, these top defenses, the Packers played one last week, and the Colts, they held their own offensively. They did what they needed to do. They made a couple mistakes. They they had the uncharacteristic fumbling of the snap, the uncharacteristic Devontae Adams fumble, the uncharacteristic MVS fumble, and then Aaron Rodgers, I think, made a bad read. But at the same time, it was a tremendous play by the corner. So the Colts were playing their for lack of a better word, they're playing their ass off, and they deserve to win the game. But the Packers were still the better team, and I, I think that's going to be the case this week. It's the Bears, obviously, it's the Bears, and anything could happen in these games. I mean, the last time these two teams played on Sunday night, though, there was some magic, and it was quite it was quite fun to watch. So I'm hoping we get some more of that this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers loves playing against the Bears, even though he won't admit it. He loves playing against the Bears because he loves taking he loves taking their soul. <laughs> He loves just taking the soul out of out of Bears fans, and so he's gonna. I think after a couple weeks where he's thrown interceptions, he's gonna look to really tighten the ship, really righten right the ship, right tight right, right the ship, <laughs> tighten up the offense is what I was trying to say, and get this offense humming and against a good defense. And once they do that, our faith will be restored in the offense. I just want to see it happen. I have, I, I believe it's going to, but once I see it happen, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be golden because they should have beat the Colts, Vikings game, whatever division game. I don't really, I'm not going to put too much into it. They got their butts handed to them in the in the running game, uh, and then the the Tampa game was, as we all have talked about several times, kind of fluky. Those are the three losses right now. The only one that's really glaring to me is the Vikings loss. That's the bad loss out of all these. I think they're going to clean it up. Matt LaFleur, uh, Matt LaFleur seems to understand the urgency of these divisional games. Uh, I, I know that he has been rather successful in the division, and uh, he's going to have this team ready to play on Sunday night. He is, yeah. Uh, I I don't have anything else to add to that. I just, this, you said earlier this is a must-win game, and I fully agree because not only for the division, but for the way that the conference standings are going to are shaking out. I don't think that the Saints are going to just run the table with Taysom Hill under center. I understand Breeze might come back at some is going to come back at some point, but until then, I don't think Taysom Hill, I think last week was kind of a fluke. I think Vic Fangio and the Broncos might upset him. I think that, that game has upset city written all over it. Taysom Hill was nearly flawless last week. And now you have Vic Fangio. No, he wasn't. It's just the defense was bad for the Falcons. The defense was bad for the Falcons, but what I'm getting at is, so, yeah, the defense was bad, and the Broncos' defense is good. 
because Fangio is a great coordinator. Or well, and I say that he's a head coach. He's a head coach, obviously, but I think that he has the ability to possibly stifle, stifle this Saints offense. And I think that Green Bay need, Green Bay needs to win to keep touch because they have the they have the the head to head advantage there. So if it comes down to a head to head like advantage, Green Bay wins that and can get the one seed because right now. I don't want to play any of these wild card teams. Like I understand that the, I understand the right now you have the Buccaneers, the Rams, and the Seahawks, or no, the Cardinals, whatever. It's some combination of two NFC West teams and then the Bucks. If I'm Green Bay, I don't really fear any team, but I don't want to play any of those teams if I don't have to. If I could, I would like to get the one seed and then play whoever else after that, and I would like to get to play at home. I would love to force Brady to play at Lambeau in mid-January. I would love to force Drew Brees to play at Lambeau in mid-January. I so that's why so I think that this game's a must-win from yes from the divisional standpoint, but more importantly from the conference standpoint because you have to keep touch with New Orleans for when they slip up because I I don't think it's a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when because they're on a stretch of wins right now that I think the only team that has a longer win streak is like Kansas City. I think I think they're both right around like seven or eight wins in a row. And I think Green Bay needs to really keep touch and come out with a win this week. Absolutely. And I think we've stressed the importance of this game enough. So if the Packers win this game, it's going to be because they did what? It's because their defense plays like they should. They have the they have all of the defensive pieces to shut down this Bears offense. The Bears can't run the ball effectively and that's how you beat Green Bay. They have the corners to match up with these receivers. They have the safeties to match up with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, who don't get who Cole Komet should get used more, but he doesn't. And you have the and you have just you have everything to shut down this offense. So just go do it. Don't think about it. Just go make it happen. I, I agree. If the if the Packers are going to win this game, it's be it's going to be because the defense did its job and then some. Uh, you know, the pieces are there. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, and Kevin King make up one of the better secondaries in all of the NFL right now, talent-wise. Now, how they're being utilized, I can't say that they're living up to that potential. So, I've talked about it so much this year. We talked about it coming into the year. I want to see Jair Alexander finally used in a role that really, truly complements his skill set. I know he's becoming one of the best corners, if not one of the top three corners already in the NFL. I know he's already in that conversation. But I want to see him ascend to the next level because I think he can. I, I look back to the when he audible himself to, to blitz the quarterback earlier this year. Those are the things he's capable of. He's capable of being that Charles Woodson impact level player. That's the type of role he can have in this defense. And Mike Patton just refuses. He says, nope, you're going to go cover a guy. Great. That provides tremendous value to your defense. But you're still not using him to the best of your ability. And then you have a guy like Kevin King. Super strong, super physical guy. Who most wide receivers are not going to be able to match up against. And you put him 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Let that guy go up there and disrupt plays. All it takes is .5 to 1 seconds longer. And your pass rush is getting home. That's all it takes. And I don't understand why Patton refuses to use these guys the way they need to. And so uh, I want to see Kevin King actually match up with Allen Robinson this week. I know Allen Robinson's really good, but Allen Robinson's a super physical wide receiver. And I I, I think that Kevin King can match up well with him uh, in terms of being able to at least kind of stifle his abilities. I don't know if Jair Alexander's a good match on on Allen Robinson. I feel like that's the direction this game could go. But I want to see I want to see Jair Alexander used because this is a game where you can do it. I want to see him used in a very creative way. 
I want to see him used in a very creative way, and I want him to be impactful. I want him to keep Mitch Trubisky on his toes. The, Jair Alexander needs to be the guy that opposing quarterbacks are keying in on every single play. And so this defense needs to come in this week, come in, come in on Sunday night, and they need to make plays. And they need to win this game for the, for the Packers because the offense is going to overall struggle this week. And if the Packers' offense doesn't go out and struggle, then they're probably going to win this game pretty easily because I don't think the Bears are going to be able to play, to play keep up. But one guy we didn't talk about was David Montgomery. And the rushing rushing attack for the Bears, while not highly efficient, will grind out games for the Bears. They will grind out. They will hand it to him 20 to 25 times, and he'll get 3 to 4 yards of carry. And the next thing you know, it's 20 to 20, and you're in the fourth quarter, but you feel like you have been winning this game for forever. That's how the Bears win games. They hang around, and then they're scrappy, and they, they scrap out the game at the end, so you can't let them do that. Uh, so I, I, Adam Westendorf talked about getting ahead early in this game, and I think that's a big key as well. Make the Bears have to throw. Make them play from behind. Don't let them get comfortable, uh, and I think you'll be perfectly fine in this game. Absolutely. Uh, nothing else to add there. All right. So I think we kind of covered our Packers. If they win, it's because of this. If they lose, it's because of this. So let's just kind of go over game predictions real quick. I already talked about the over-under, 44 points. Uh, the spread is currently favored in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's favorite at 9.5. Uh, what do you think happens there? Oh, man. Well, that's actually moved a full. So evidently, the sports books really don't like Trubisky because it was 8.5 um, prior to Nick Foles being moved or – being removed from the game so that is moved a full point there and that that takes some serious money to do that uh for those and it's actually down to 43 and a half from what i'm seeing here uh i'm taking the over on the points for one but two that's a big line it's a really big line and green bay has this year struggled to put teams away even if they get up big so i'm gonna i take chicago to cover obviously i think green bay is gonna win outright but i'm gonna take chicago to cover because I just I don't trust Green Bay to just completely shut the door. I think that they do the classic. They push the door up against the hinge, and then they're fine, and then the door gets knocked open. And then Chicago's like, well, we're here. We didn't get blown out, but we but we stuck in the game. Um, ultimately, what I actually did for this game is, because I did bet on it, um, I actually did the, the classic six-point teases. I teased uh, Green Bay down. I had it at eight and a half. I got it down to two and a half. Uh, I got Seattle as a half-point dog, and then I – teased uh, Miami down to a half point uh, favorite as well. Um, I like that's a three point three team parlay and I have a lot of confidence in all three of those. Um, and I think that that's pretty easy money for me. Uh, so I think Green Bay is going to win. I just that nine and a half is a really big number that I don't have a ton of confidence in them hitting. It is a big number in the terms of the NFL. That's a huge spread. Uh, and the over under at 44, that means that Vegas thinks the Bears aren't going to score more than what, 20, 20 points, about 17, 18 points, somewhere in there. So it, it's, I don't think that hits either. I think the under hits in this game, actually. Um, I think the under hits, and I think Green Bay does not cover nine and a half. But that's just because the under's not going to hit, or the under's going to hit, the over's not going to hit, so there's not going to be a ton of points. Uh, but obviously we're taking Green Bay on the money line here. Uh, do you have any other betting tips for this game before we sign off? Um, I do not. Uh, just like I said, the the way that I handled this game because I got it early. One pro tip for those of you that that are trying to get into betting, um, if, if you can get alternate lines, do so and always bet early. Like I said, I got this game when Green Bay was an eight and a half point favorite, and I teased it down six points. That gave me better odds. Was instead of ta- getting them at now at minus three and a half point favorites, I get even more confidence. I got them at minus two and a half. Um, there are 
books always give you the ability to win. Everyone thinks, oh, the books always win. And they do if you don't know what you're looking for. Like Arizona right now is a minus two-point favorite. Tease that down six points, get them as a four-point dog. I think that they're going to win outright anyway. So I have a lot of confidence there. But on this game specifically, if I'm betting on it, I'm taking Green Bay just on the money line. I'm not really messing with the over-under because it could get – like if the Bears offense just comes out and just gets shut out, which is possible – then Green Bay could just run the clock, and then it could end up finishing under. I ultimately don't think that happens, but the thing I have the most confidence is, is Green Bay money line. Yeah, the odds don't pay well, but money's money, and I think Green Bay is going to win the game handily. Well, the games like that, I'm just throwing them in a parlay, and I'm increasing my output. But uh, let's see here. Uh, the There is nothing else to talk about uh, with this game. I think it's just going to be a really good game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I'm looking forward to not having Greg Jennings or Troy Aikman in the booth. Uh, I know you. we have differing opinions on Troy Aikman, but I just can't stand him. Uh, and so, what are you talking about? I don't like Troy Aikman. I don't know where you think I do like uh, him. Maybe I, okay, I thought you had. I thought you were defending him one day. Uh, maybe it was somebody else we recorded with. They were no, I would Troy defend Aikman. Joe Buck more than I defend Troy Aikman. Okay. I don't like Troy Aikman, and I think that Joe Buck has been poisoned by the Troy Aikman serum. Oh, that's fair. I mean, but they've been together for almost 20 years now, so it makes sense. Um, yeah. Which is crazy to think about in its own right. But uh, that's for another conversation for a different day. Uh, we get Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels this week. Uh, for the So podcast. we get half of a good booth again. Great. Oh, that's not true. I like both of them. Uh, anyway. I don't like Chris Collinsworth. I just, I don't. He he's. I'm tired of hearing about Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson's not playing. <laughs> All right. I, I guess I was not aware of that. Thing that he does i didn't realize he was doing that so. pay attention if there's one scramble throw that gets completed in the game russell wilson will probably be brought up it happens a lot all right well then that gives you something to look for <laughs> this week uh so i hope you guys were able to enjoy your thanksgiving week i hope you're t- i hope you're able to enjoy your thanksgiving weekend before you have to go back to work on monday um uh, because it's well needed after a crazy 2020 um i have not done a ton uh, recently because we've been moving um so i'm i'm ready to kind of get settled back in uh, and try to refresh myself and get push, get, get ready for this late 2020 push into 2021. Uh, and I hope everybody else is willing to do the same. Uh, so if you ever have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at Tyler underscore Grez. Uh, Gages is Gbridge, at Gbridge for NFL. Uh, we're always taking questions. Make sure you're tuning into our Game on Fantasy content. You can hear us talk about all the games as opposed to just the Packers uh, games that are that are happening that week. Uh, we'll, we'll cover everything on the Sunday live streams, which starts at 11 a.m. Eastern. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. The chat is lively, and uh, we love to answer the questions. So hopefully we'll see you there. But for now, we're going to sign off from the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, leave leave comments like rate and subscribe uh, let us know how we're doing so that we can get improve the content for you uh, and again we're the only place you can find packers content 24 7 365 so make sure that you're doing that uh, but until next time go pack go The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. 
Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. 